Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland. With me today is a ghost pirate again, part two. Brandon, how you doing, Brandon? Hey, Cortland. I'm sick of being a ghost pirate. Well, after this, you never have to be a ghost pirate again. Thank God. I know, right? Ghost pirates are uh, pretty lame. Pirate ghosts, however, aces. It'd be cooler if they had a ghost pirate ship, but they didn't. They didn't have a budget for a ghost pirate ship. They spent all the money on Vink and Sardo. That's true. I bet you they were the most paid actors on that episode. They got $5,000 each. They'll be <laughs> rich! <laughs> oh, Brandon. Actually, Vink just got six bucks. Well, he also gave a child a rupee and a sapphire, so... I don't know how much that is. I don't know if the kids will ever mention it again in their whole lives. It's not but... It's not ghost pirate ship money, I can tell you that. Yeah. So how are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing okay, but on the downslide, I think. I feel like I'm just about to get sick. No, you can't get sick. Remember yeah. the last time you got sick, we recorded? <laughs> yes, I ruined every episode. Yeah, back in season one when you were like... Uh, the uh, book of boys, Nancy Drew, the prom queen, <laughs> ghost. Uh. I'll take one egg cream. <laughs> Never again. I vow. Yeah, it's not a great time to be sick. Well, yeah, but you're always sick. You're like a nerd that's always sick. With all the coronavirus stuff going around, as soon as I cough, I'm like, well, I'm dead. <laughs> speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of coronavirus, so. Last weekend, we uh, we went out to the aquarium. Remember, I was going to send you pictures, and then I never did. <laughs> hey, you sent me one. I did send you one. We didn't have very good service when we were there, and then I, I cherished it. Well, anyway, we were. Uh, it was in a big mall, and uh, we were <laughs> we were walking through the mall after we got out of the aquarium, and we were going to go eat at the Rainforest Cafe, right? Because that sounds mm-hmm. like a fun place for a five year old to eat. So we go up there and we get reservations or whatever, and they're like, "It's going to be two hours." And it was at like six, Fuck, no, it is o'clock at that part. Yeah, that's what we said. We're like, <laughs> "No, no, never mind. Maybe some other time." So we walk over to a different part of the mall, and this mall was busy. Like we talked about this um, back in Pinball Wizard, how malls just aren't a thing anymore. Yeah, this mall was like packed with people. Wow. And my five-year-old son, he's walking a little bit behind me. My wife's behind him, and he's like. Oh, my stomach doesn't feel good. And my wife stops me and I turn around and walk back a little bit. And my son just has his hand by his mouth and he blew chunks. Oh, jeez. It was like chunks. And so we get him to the bathroom and clean him up. And, you know, we're like, okay, we got to leave. <laughs> and uh, the, the mall is like a while away from our house. But, uh, you know, we walk by the crowded area where the chunks were blown and my wife's like, Oh yeah, they cleaned it up. And then I see the chunks on the ground. I'm like, no, they didn't honey. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, I just, I hate the whole idea of vomiting in public. I've never done it that I've I've never done it, but I feel like I would just be like, what do I do now? I don't know. Do I get down on my hands and knees and clean this up? (laughs) I don't want to leave this mess for somebody else, but I don't I don't have a mop. What do I do? I know exactly what you cuz I just experienced it, but we decided to leave it. <laughs> it was um it was kind of like by a display in the middle. So, it was kind of like in the least amount of traffic area near the food court where the most amount of traffic is. So, mm-hmm. also it stunk, so hopefully nobody like couldn't eat their food court food because of it. 
long as nobody slipped in it. No, I don't think anybody would. I don't think anybody would step near it, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not everybody. No, unfortunately. It was a, it was a time. And then we, when we got in our car and we drove like the hour, hour and a half home, <laughs> and he was fine. He just had to, you know, puke a little bit for a yeah, while. Yeah, sometimes you just have to vomit. Sardo's going to bottle it up and sell it. Ugh. Yeah, right. And that was uh, the summary of my week. How was your week, Brandon? My week was not too bad. Before the getting sick part. <sighs> We're going to talk to you next week, and you're going to be like... <laughs> yep. Get ready for it, folks. Maybe skip the next episode. <laughs> hmm. Well, do you want to uh, do you want to talk about this episode already? I feel like this is early, but yeah, I feel like we should probably do it. All right. So Brandon and I just got done watching the tale of the renegade virus. Well, Brandon, you were wrong. It's not zombies. But how did you feel about this episode? I pretty much loved it. Did you? <laughs> pretty much. It was a good episode. I like. I thought it, I thought it was very good, and the parts that I didn't like, eh, they're not that bad. I agree with you. I had a fun time with it. I didn't think I was going to like it because I don't remember liking this one that much as a as a kid. But I had fun with it. I thought it was good. Mostly the anime. I think he was really cool. He was a presence. He was. He reminded me of Freddy Krueger a bit. Yeah, I could see that. Just with being like a jokester. Does Freddy Krueger call people Einstein all the time? You know what? I betcha he has at one point or another. It depends on if he's... Uh, gonna kill a kid that's smart or not even though the kid in this episode's not that smart no he's not he's not einstein well when you call somebody einstein you're calling them stupid oh well then this enemy of the episode is a jerk he's a big jerk (laughs) yeah i'm starting to think that this crazy villain is not so nice a guy after all (laughs) well let's find out what happens shall we even though we already know so this episode opens up with sam She's walking down the pathway to the campfire. She's got a bunch of logs in her hands, again. Yeah, she loves carrying logs. She carries logs all the time. It's a show of power. She's like, hey guys, I can carry logs. I don't need nobody's help. Frank doesn't even try to offer his help this time. He knows better. There's like a fucking gigantic pyramid of logs. and She's like, got more logs. And Gary's like, Sam, we don't, please We don't stop. need any. We're, we're drowning in logs we here, Sam. We don't even have trees around us anymore. You chopped them all down, There's Sam. There's no more wood, Sam. <laughs> What's that? We need more wood? I'll go get some. Nobody help me. <laughs> She's going to ruin the population. She's already, like, terminated all of the indigenous wildlife. Yeah, no more wolves. <laughs> well, she chucks those logs on the ground, kind of near the campfire. And then we see everyone else sitting near it, aside from Gary. So Sam looks around and she's like, ugh, why is Gary late? <laughs> Let me cut over to Tucker with Kiki next to him. And he tells Sam that Gary had to rewrite a book report. And Kiki asks why he had to rewrite it. And Tucker explains that his computer has a virus. And every time he tries to print something, it gets erased. I'm surprised that Tucker just shows up without Gary. And Gary's parents aren't yeah. like, you know, you go and Gary goes. He's almost done with his book report. The parents are probably like, now that you're 10 years old, you can go by yourself. Now that he's 10 years old, he can stay home alone and Gary doesn't need to bring him. That's a good point. We're free. So my kid is only five, but I don't let him out of my sight for like 15 seconds at a time. So the idea of like in the 90s when 
parents are not even the nineties, like the seventies through the nineties or so when parents were just like, eh, go have fun, go ride your bike wherever, you know, I can't mm-hmm. do that. I don't think I'll ever be able to do that. That's how I lived my childhood. I know me too. And I love I just it. went out all day, came back when the lights were on. I can't do it, man. Like you remember when I moved and I lived in the apartment and I was like 13 or so. And at like midnight, I'd be like, well, I'm going to walk over to Brandon's. And I walked over like a mile to get to your house. Yeah. Mm-mm, never. My son's never going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Not ever a little bit. Even when he's like 60, you'd be like, son. Yeah. No. I'll be a, a floating head in a jar and I'll be like, son. <laughs> be a robot. I don't think so. <laughs> it is past curfew. Yeah. Never. Never, ever. So call me naive. I guess, but right. computer viruses were a thing in 1994. That was that happened. I'm gonna guess that as long as there have been computers, there has been computer viruses. But if you don't have the internet, how do you get a computer virus? I mean, obviously in this episode, you know, Tucker put it in his computer, but like somebody has to manufacture a virus, put it on a floppy disk, and hope that somebody puts that floppy disk in their computer. Yeah, if you copy a floppy, you get a virus. Okay, I'm just I don't buy it, man. That seems like it. Like you would never have a computer virus. There were always ways to transfer information between computers. Mm. So people are assholes and they make viruses. Yeah, I, like I said, call me naive, but like I just don't see the point of a computer before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like I get the reason, you know, to make video games, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess typewriters are pretty good. I had a home computer before we had the internet, and let me tell you, it was boring. I played Doom on it, and my mom played Mojang on it, and that was all mm-hmm. we had. And a screensaver of Beavis and Butthead. That's all, that's all you need, though. You get the 3D <laughs> Maze screensaver, and you could watch that for hours. We didn't have that. Oh, well, fuck it then. <laughs> Throw that shit out, get an abacus. Is that the thing that you use to do math? Yeah. Well, we don't have one of those. We had a shitty computer. All right. We cut over to Betty Ann and this super weird looking plaid vest or something. I don't even know what it was. It looked like Christmas wrapping paper. It's got like the green and the red. It's like the one shot of Betty Ann in this whole episode. and It's half a second. Yeah, that's true. We don't get much Betty Ann yet this season. It's unfortunate because she's the she's always the best. So what the fuck, Nickelodeon? Maybe she's the worst. We need more Betty. Uh, I'm going to say I doubt it. We'll see, though. But anyway, she goes, ooh, scary. And then we cut to Frank. He's got his cut-off vest with no undershirt on. And Sam sits next to him for some reason. What are you doing, Sam? But Frank says, the only thing scary about computers are the people who use them. And I was like, good one, Frank. Is that a good one? What does that mean? It means that the people that use them are nerds and they scare him for some reason. Oh, okay. So, aside from being afraid of the dark, Frank is also scared of nerds. That's fair. And that's why he's not the leader of the Midnight Society. Nerds are pretty scary. They can be, yeah. Just like old ladies. Out of the path pops Gary. He's got the brightest yellow shirt on, and he's saying, Yeah, tell me about it. Sorry I'm late. A computer virus ate my book report twice. And then we look at Tucker, who smiles like a little shit for some reason. Because he's a little shit. He's always a little shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not so shitty this season. We'll find out later. But Gary continues saying, so on the way here, I had to borrow a virus doctor. And he pulls out a floppy disk. He got that on the way there? Exactly. Like, who did he get that from? 
It's midnight. Where are you getting virus doctors from? <laughs> well, he says when he gets home, he's going to destroy the rotten little virus and find out who planted it in his computer. And then we look at Tucker again, who stops smiling, and he goes and he takes his seat. We cut back over to Betty Ann, and she tells Gary to be careful because a virus could do a lot of damage. And Gary sits down at the storyteller's throne, and he says, I know, a virus is a disease. It gets inside and takes hold. Once it starts spreading, it's impossible to shake. And we look at Tucker, who says, hey, it's just a computer virus. And Gary's like, sure it is. And it's just a computer. <laughs> yeah. But viruses can jump around. And there's one computer you never wanted to get into. And Sam asks, what computer is that? And Gary points to his dome. And he says, the human brain. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And Frank, of course, says, say what? <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Uh, Frank. Gary ignores that, and he says, We've got a trillion bits of information stored up here, just like a computer. And if a computer virus got in your head, there's no telling what might happen or where the destruction might end. A wolf howls. The kids look spooked, and Gary grabs the monkey bone dust, saying, Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story... The Tale of the Renegade Virus. He summed it up really good without giving anything away, really. Yeah, I think that's one of the best summaries. It was very um, on brand with the story we're going to be getting. Yeah. And it wasn't just vague, like, bad things happen all the time, but sometimes bad things are even worse. And that's bad. <laughs> I call this story the tale of the bad thing. And all the kids are like, whoa. So the episode opens up in some, some kind of school, and we see trophies or something in a case some lockers on the side the camera moves over to a room and we hear some generic computer game sounds i can't remember what they were anymore it wasn't the doop that we got from season one but it was still generic probably just bleep, bleep, bleep. yeah it was something stupid but we see this kid he's playing on a computer and then a computer like voice says access approved code red and then warning flashes on the computer screen and it's flipping between like a green skull and crossbones and the warning sign. And the computer voice is talking about how there's some sort of extreme danger. And the, the camera just keeps moving closer and closer to the screen. It's about the most 90s idea of hacking you can imagine. For real, right? Skull and crossbones on the computer screen. Danger, danger. <laughs> Yeah, before they did the skull and crossbones, I think it flicked between like a picture of like a shitty picture of Saturn and then like maybe the um picture of like a knight or something. I don't remember. Either way. Speaking of kids just going off on their own, the school is closed at this point. Oh yeah, right? I didn't even and think of that. And this kid's just in a locked up school. Yeah. In the computer room at night. Most at likely. Night by himself. Yeah, just fucking with stuff. The 90s, man. Weird time. But boom, we got a new scene. We're looking at the ugliest alarm clock that I have ever seen. It's got like a it million hideous. colors. So ugly. It shows 7.30. Well, I think it shows 7.29 and then it flips to 7.30. And then a voice on the alarm clock tells us it's 7.30 and it's a beautiful sunny day, but a fish slams that shit off. The camera looks over at a kid sleeping in his bed and it's fucking Mike from the Crimson Clown. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect to see him so soon, or at all, no, actually. But, but the Crimson is. Clown actors are just showing up again very quickly. The mom showed up, like, next episode or two episodes later. Yeah. And 
now here's Mike again. It's like three episodes later. I wonder if it's a coincidence that they're both, I mean, technically Gary's stories too. Because he did Crimson Clown, Cutter's Treasure, and Renegade Virus. Yeah. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not. It probably is. Probably. Well, going back to the Cutter's Treasure and and Renegade Virus, this is a new record because Gary has kind of told three stories in a row now. Yeah, he's reasserting his dominance as the leader of the Midnight Society. I know, right? Season four, breaking all the rules. Yep. He's gunning for number one on our list. Yeah. We'll Spoilers, see. he's probably not going to make it. No, probably not. It's going to be a better end. <laughs> so that alarm clock when it goes off is like the quietest it's like hey guys it's 7 30 and he (laughs) fucking slams on that thing like yeah he literally like punches it yeah and it's not like it was like it's literally just a very quiet person like it's a lovely day today well this kid uh his name is simon it's not mike he smacks his lips a few times like He's laying on his, his Beetlejuice-looking pillow, and he grabs a ball from the ground, and he throws it, and it flies into a basketball hoop for some reason. Yeah, I I was like, why? Why? Why was this whole thing? And it does come into play later, but... It does, yeah, but it's not like we see him play basketball or anything, so it's not telling us he's like this sports prodigy or whatever. That's what I, was, that's what I thought maybe it was trying to imply. Like, he wakes up, and he throws that ball right in the hoop he does it like absent-mindedly by the mm-hmm. way he doesn't look he just with his eyes still closed throws the ball and it goes in so i was like all right they're trying to establish that this guy's got game yeah but he does cat can ball but no he doesn't come into play at all Mm-mm. we cut to the hallway and this dad looking guy is knocking on a door he's calling from some girl named susan because she's been in the bathroom for 20 minutes mom walks by and she tells the girl to get the fuck out of the bathroom and then susan does and she tells dad that she needs a ride to school and the kid from before simon he sneaks into the open bathroom door while dad's distracted and then dad turns to go into the into the bathroom but he gets cut off so he angrily puts on his glasses and he walks away yep don't need the bathroom anymore i guess no what a waste of time for me to even describe this scene you know, Brandon, how I like to go in and I like to tell you who the characters are and like what other shit they've been in? Yeah. IMDB did not even have the mom, the dad, or Susan listed as characters. And I'm pretty sure at the end of the episode credits, I didn't see them there either. So they're not even credited for their work. They were just there. Yeah, and you know, they don't play a huge role in this episode, but they're in a couple of scenes and their voices are in it later. So I don't even, I don't know why they weren't even credited. Like, maybe I'm wrong and I just didn't see it, but I don't think I am. I'm going to say that they were probably in the credits. I swear I, I didn't see them at the end of credits either. Unless they were just, like, names that didn't associate with any characters. But they literally give Susan a name. Yeah, the fact that they're not even on IMDb is crazy. Because I've seen I've seen people with less of one role yeah. than this. Or, like, check out my page. They have all of the the background characters in the school. They're like, kid that passed by with yeah. red shirt. Listed in There's IMDb. people on IMDb that were like, I was in this local commercial in 1972. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> check out my page. I don't know. Maybe they're from some other things, but I couldn't find them. Not that it matters, because I don't really care about the parents anyway, but I was mostly looking for Susan, and she was just... I couldn't find her. 
But anyway, we cut to the kitchen. Dad leans over mom to grab some toast. And we hear some sort of sport event playing from somewhere like on the radio or whatever. And Susan asks her brother Simon if he's going to help her with her science project. He says yes. She calls him the best. And then mom walks over and asks Simon if he needs a ride to school. And dad perks up and he's like, what's wrong with this bike? But it sounds like he's got like a flat tire or something. And Simon's like, it's cool. I'll steal Evan's bike. And dad asks what Evan's going to ride. But Simon's like, fuck you. I'm out of here with my sweet ripped off arm vest. Yeah. He's dressed like Frank. Yes, he is. So we cut outside and we got Evan there and he's got his bike. And he asks Simon where his bike is. And and, and then Evan starts talking in some football jargon, which I didn't really understand because I don't know anything about football. And Evan... He runs to catch this ball that Simon throws, and in the process, Simon steals his bike, and he rides away. Evan runs after him, and Simon rides the bike all the way to school. He rides it into the bike rack, and then he doesn't even lock it. He just walks away from it. Well, he doesn't care. It's not his bike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's established already that Simon is an asshole. Yeah, this is the only problem I have with this episode, really. Is that I got, like, character whiplash a bit because I didn't know if the main character was Simon or if the main character was Evan. I didn't know who I was rooting for or who, like, I didn't know. That's the thing. This episode is constantly shifting and you're like, wait, who who are we following? Who are we supposed to have sympathy for here? Who's the bad guy? Exactly. You know, it doesn't really show itself until like 10 minutes in that Simon is the main character and that's the one that we follow for a majority of the episode. But I, at, at, once they get to school, I'm like, uh, what am, what am I watching? Who, who, huh? Who am I devoted yeah. to? And he's an asshole, but then at other times he's like apologetic and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, maybe he, you know, he's a jerk sometimes, but he's cool sometimes, but then he's a jerk again. Yeah, because his apologies are very... They seem sincere. They do. And maybe he's just a good actor. That could be it, yeah. They called him no, back for another episode, no, he's not. so maybe that's what it is. So, Evan, he's played by somebody named Micah Gardner, who is in some stuff, but mostly seem to be credited as, like, miscellaneous crew members for movies and stuff, like fant Mm-hmm. The reboot of Fantastic Four that was apparently horrible. I didn't watch it. Nobody did. He was miscellaneous crew in there. And that's all I got on Mr. Micah Good job, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we cut inside the school. Evan runs through the hallway and to his locker. Simon's already there, and Evan's like, thanks a lot. But Simon says it's payback for the egg he put in his sneaker yesterday. Okay, so Evan's a jerk? Exactly. That's what I thought, too. I was like, so he he deserved it? And it doesn't look like he's that late, because everybody's in the hallway. So it's not that big of a deal. Evan tells him that at least he didn't make him late. And like I just said, they're all in the hallway right now. The bell hasn't rung. He's not late. Nope, not late at all. Evan then fiddles with his lock a little, and Simon's like, what's the matter? Got your combo. And he smiles and then says, I switched your locks. Okay, so now he's going to okay. be late. <laughs> okay, so Simon's an asshole? Exactly, right? I think so. I don't know, okay. but they put an egg in his shoe. Okay, I, I that, that's where we're going right now. Simon's the asshole. Yeah, at this point, I was like, okay, I'm team Evan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Evan tells him that this shit's real cute, and then we watch him fiddle with it, with the lock some more, and then a girl comes into the frame, and she's trying to open up her locker, and Evan looks at her and says, hi, Sonya. She's credited as Sonya, but Evan calls her Sonya, 
So that's what I put her name as in my notes. Sonia. Sonia. Sonia, Sonia looks him up business. and down. <laughs> Sonia looks him up and down, and then Evan asks if she's going to the game on Saturday. And she's like, yeah, uh, how about you? And Evan says, yeah, I thought maybe we could. Uh... But then Simon comes out of nowhere and walks into frame, and he gives Evan this mean look. And I put my notes right here. At this point, I am so confused on who the main character of the story is. <laughs> yeah. Team Evan at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm Team Evan right now. So Simon looks at Sonya and says, hey. And Sonya looks at Evan and tells him that she's going with Simon. So maybe we'll see you there. And Evan sarcastically says, yeah, maybe. And then he opens up his locker and some shit falls to the ground. Sonya, like, snarls at this shit for some reason, and then Simon ushers her away, putting his hand over his baby's shoulder, and we look back at Evan, who stuffs his crap in his locker, and is mocking his friend or whatever, he's saying, I'm going with Simon. Simon this. Simon that. Simon's the best. Yeah, right. <laughs> he slams his locker closed, which transitions to the next scene. Well, clearly at this point, Evan is the main character. Simon is yes, the antagonist. Exactly. Simon's a jerk. He gets everything, and he plays pranks on his best friend. He steals locks. He steals bikes. He steals girls. Yeah. Steals everything. He, I don't know, makes people late. That doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't know. Both of these people end up being not great people. <laughs> they both kind of suck. We head over to class. Some teacher is handing back papers. He's, like, dressed all in white. I don't like him very much. Mr. Smith. Is that his name? Didn't even write it down. We see Simon and Sonya. They're already sitting in class as Evan walks in. And then the teacher pipes up saying, Mr. Lewis, would you mind giving more effort into being here on time? Dude, he can't be more than 30 seconds late. Exactly, right? People would still be, like, sitting down and, like, gathering their their books and papers and shit like come on he's already like handing out work yeah give me a break so i guess i did know what his name was because evan says yes mr smith and then he tries to take a seat but the teacher in a typical are you afraid of the dark fashion gets shitty with this kid he's saying yes you would mind giving more effort stops and says i mean no mr smith and then he sits down that doesn't make sense to me though why would you do that I don't know, fucking teachers, man. They're like, I don't know, can you? Shut up, no teachers are like that. I had a teacher like that. Did you? Nuh-uh. Yeah. In yeah. What, elementary school? Yes. That's you bullshit. had to say, may I, blah, blah, blah. Oh, fuck that nonsense. Mm-hmm. The kids in class, they all laugh at, at Evan, and Simon leans over and he whispers, Sorry, I was just getting you back. And Evan leans back to him and says, you like payback? And then we see the teacher closing in behind him as he says, well, just wait, Mr. Everything. You're going to wish you'd never been. And then he looks over at his teacher who asks if this is something he wants to share with the entire class. Oh, get off his ass. For real. Don't you have anything better to do, Mr. Smith? Well, he's handing papers out, so he's also doing that. He gives Evan a paper. He says, maybe a little less talking and a little more paying attention in class. And I thought that the paper was going to say like an F on it or something, because that would make sense. But I think it's just like the homework or something. Just some kind of schoolwork. Evan grabs his pencil and he starts to write like on the paper, but his lead breaks, of course. So he shakes his head. And at this point, I'm like, okay, yeah, Evan is definitely the main character. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, man, poor Evan. Life's just against him. He's just a scrappy kid trying to make his way in this world. He's the underdog. He doesn't have anything. Sometimes he puts eggs in shoes, but, you know, that happens. Exactly. The scene transitions back to the hallway. The bells goes off and there's just kids everywhere. We see Simon. He's walking with Sonya and talking about how Evan's probably still ticked at him. When from behind them and out of breath runs Evan, who's like, Simon, 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 come on, he's finished. And Simon apologizes, like, sincerely to Evan, saying that he didn't mean to get him in trouble. And Evan tells him, just forget about it, it's history. Poe's ready. And Simon gets excited, and Sonya's like, who? Which is weird of her to ask, because Poe is a teacher in the school, so... Yes, you know the teachers at school. (laughs) It's a teacher in school, and also one that Simon and um, Evan go to and, and hang out with, apparently, all the time. So get with it, Sonya. Jeez. Evan gives us a scoop saying that Mr. Poe's the science teacher and he's been working on a computer game for months. And Simon tells her that they've been bugging him to be the first to have a crack at it. And Evan tells him to shut the fuck up and let's get going. So Evan runs down the hall and Sonya's like, well, guess he isn't mad at you. And Simon pieces out saying, see you tomorrow. And he runs after Evan. Now, Sonya is played by a girl named Melissa Gallianos, who is in nothing else that I recognized. But um, I did look at one movie called The Midnight Clown, right? Because it had kind of an interesting looking poster. Mm -hmm. It looked kind of spooky, whatever. Guess who's in that? Who? Just guess. All right. Tatiana Uh, Ali. You didn't even let me guess. You said who? I thought you weren't even going to guess. Fine. But that's cool. What year was that? Uh, I can't remember because I didn't write it down, but I think it was like 1999, maybe? I don't remember. Okay, okay, so that's after Fresh Prince. Yeah, it was like either somewhere between 96 and 99, I can't remember. But yeah, The Midnight Clown has Tatiana Ali and this girl, Melissa Galeanos, in it. And she was also in an episode of Mystery Files of Shelby Woo. Whoa. Yeah. So if we ever do a podcast of shit movies, I vote we watch The Midnight Clown on there too. Hey, that movie might be great. You're judging it before you even see it. Well, I've never heard of it, so it's not like a cult classic or anything, I don't think. Oh, yeah? Have you heard of every movie? Have you heard of Casablanca? No, I haven't. Ha. Ha. Never in my whole life. Well, there you go. There's some good movies you've never heard of. That sounds like some of them, some foreign black and white movie that nobody wants to see. Yeah. (laughs) Probably gotta read it and stuff. That's dumb. Yuck. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your friendly antivirus. For you newbies to the show, thanks for checking us out. If you're a veteran, welcome back, and thank you so much for spending time with us every week. Are you interested in more Up All Night, including access to early release episodes, episode bloopers, book readings, official Up All Night stickers, and more? Head over to patreon.com slash private island and become a patron. I'm planning on reworking our Patreon tiers and adding in additional incentives and prizes soon, such as patron goals to add additional bonus content, so be on the lookout for some changes soon. I'd like to take a moment and thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, and the Bronze Beth Angela. Thank you so much, everybody. We greatly appreciate your support. Looking for more laughs? Check out our Twitter, at PRVT Island, and our Instagram, at Private Island Presents. We make so much more Are You Afraid of the Dark content than just this podcast. 
We have GIFs, memes, character bios, and so much more. Last week I did a live video watch party for the Tale of the Water Demons, and it was so much fun. It had a great turnout, and I plan on doing something similar every week, so stay tuned for an announcement on that. A link will be available in the episode description where you can find all of our social medias, the Facebook group, the YouTube, merch store, and a lot more. So take a look. Our show was ranked in the top 100 TV and film review podcasts on Apple Podcasts, and we would love to stay up there, get more exposure, and grow the show even more. But we need your help. If you know somebody who would love our show, please tell them about it. Word of mouth is huge for podcasts. If you could leave us a nice five-star review, too, that would be incredible. Send us an encouraging tweet or post about us on Instagram, because trust me, nothing feels better than seeing fans talk about our show. Every season, we do a fun Ask Us Anything section for our season review wrap-up shows, and we're always taking questions. So if you have any questions for Brandon or myself, please get them in. You can email us anytime at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Even if you just want to chat, our inbox is always open. Are you interested in the editing process? I have been live streaming my editing on Twitch. If you want to stop by, hang out with me, and see some behind-the-scenes stuff for editing, give us a follow at twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye, you guys. The kids enter a classroom that has this really weird mobile of a person swimming. I don't know how to describe that. It was like from the ceiling and it was, I don't know, battery powered or something, but it was like a person swimming and doing like one of the strokes. It was kind of weird. A little bit creepy. Yeah, just a little bit. Some alarms go off, which the kids freak out about. And Mr. Poe pops out and he says, sound activated alarm. You could not be too care. But he's cut off by Evan, who runs over and he turns the alarm off. And he finishes saying, you can't be too careful. He closes the door saying, industrial spies, my boys, you are about to have the game experience of a lifetime. So I guess he's afraid of uh, industrial spies coming and stealing his research. That's why he's got the alarm. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I didn't write down anything about Mr. Poe. I don't know who he's played by or anything. So sorry. No, but he's just a weird, eccentric looking nerd in a hawaiian shirt with messy hair i was gonna say he kind of reminded me of weird al a little bit but like a horrible version of weird al (laughs) i mean i guess i could see that it's probably just just, he looks like what people in the 90s would assume a computer nerd would look like yeah like an adult computer nerd Yeah. yeah an adult he's he's wacky yeah well, he's like, my boys, you're about to have a game-playing experience of a lifetime. Who goes first? And Evan tells him that Simon can go first. And Simon's like, me? You're the computer genius. But Mr. Poe's like, that's the beauty of the game. You don't need to know a thing about computers to play. So Simon's like, cool. And he sits down. He gets himself all comfortable. And Simon asks, how do I play? And Mr. Poe's like, are you familiar with virtual reality? Whoa. And Simon says, kind of. I know, right? And Evan explains that it's a computer simulation of reality. It makes you feel like you're really there. So Simon smiles, and Mr. Poe says, The technology is in its infancy, but the possibilities are endless. I've made a breakthrough. 
that surpassed any known program. My friends, we are about to step into history. That's really cool. Yeah. Like, virtual reality, they've tried it a few times. Like, the technology's been around for a long time, but it's never really been viable. And it seems like there was a big push in the 90s. There was, because they had the Virtual Boy. Yeah, the Virtual Boy, things like Lawnmower Man. They tried to push it in the 90s, but it just didn't really... The technology wasn't there in a way that was cost-effective and stuff. It's only now becoming a real thing that people can use. Yeah, I mean, I can look up right now and look at my PlayStation Virtual Reality headset. I think I talked about it in a couple episodes ago. I haven't used this thing in a year, and it's just because the wires are just annoying. I think you used yours more than I used mine. Yeah, I used mine all the time. I can't do it. I don't know how you can do it. You got more kids running around your house than I do that can trip over like the six more additional wires that it adds to your monstrosity of wires yeah i couldn't do it also it makes me sick i need to get i need to get ginger pills before i could really play it yeah i i i was worried about getting motion sickness but i just don't i don't get it at all dude i played i bought resident evil 7 and i played Mm -hmm. it in vr i didn't even get into the house like you know how at the beginning you walk down the pathway and you see like the dead cow and stuff yeah i was sweating and (laughs) like my stomach was upset before I could even get into the house, which is like a minute. When the two game starts. <laughs> yeah. So Simon asks where the controls are, and Poe tells him that they're right here in your mind. And then he grabs a helmet, which uh, would be the controls, and explains that it's almost like going into a deep dream where everything seems real. He puts the helmet on Simon, who's, who's saying that your neuron impulses react with the microwave circuitry, and that creates a certain force of energy that. Uh, but he stops because this is just stupid nerd mumbo jumbo. Yeah, shut up, nerd. Simon can't understand this shit anyway. No, he says, Frank's probably like, shut up, nerd. And Gary's like, all right. Frank is just constantly in a state of, say what? Say what? <laughs> Neurons? Microwaves? Say what? Get on with it, Gary. I don't understand this. Mr. Poe tells him, you know what? You'll know what to do. So Simon nods, and then we hear a voice telling Mr. Poe that the president is on the phone on a private line. So Poe walks over, and he says, tell him I'll be right there. And and then he complains to himself, saying, I'm reluctant to work with the government. Too much paperwork. Now, Simon, what's your preference? And then he boops some keys on his computer. He's saying, would you like to go on a voyage to Saturn? And we see Saturn on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then he... Okay, my notes say... 10 book another but i think i meant to say then he boops another and we see a knight and he says would you rather be a knight at the round table and he boops another and we see a dinosaur and he says or visit the dinosaurs at the mesozoic now simon he smacks his lips he says well i think i'll go with the knights of the round table so poe boops a couple more buttons and it says done once i start you evan will monitor the game while i take that call now sit back relax and just imagine but the screen flips to that warning screen from before, right? With the warning and the skull yeah. and the crossbones. So Poe tip taps a couple of keys and he's, and he's saying, there's no reason for that. <laughs> and, the, and then the skull and crossbone morphs into a smiley face. And it says, this is the most day. absurd part of the episode. <laughs> I don't get why that was even there. Mr. Poe is a computer genius. Yes. He's developed technology that even the president 
is interested in. Yeah. But he sees this virus warning pop up and he's just like, huh? What's this? Oh, no, that's dumb. <laughs> and taps a couple keys and morphs it into a smiley face. But, I mean, you'd think he'd be a little more worried or being like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Than just being like, huh? No. Not in my There's no world. need for viruses. <laughs> well, he boops it into a smiley face, and that smiley face tells him to have a nice day. And Evan looks a little upset by that. And Poe's like, all right, boom, you ready, dog? And Simon's like, yeah. So he pushes a button and tells him to prepare himself for a trip into the imagination. So Simon responds by flipping some goggles down or something. And then we get this creepy shot of the world spinning around Simon's face. He looks left. He looks right. Looks up. He's all super frantic. And the camera zooms in his face as he screams. (laughs) (laughs) It reminded me of the time in the tale of Old Man Corcoran. Corcoran? Corcoran. 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 Yeah. Where um, the brother Jack, I think his name was, does that spinny thing when the music starts playing in the cottage. I think that these are both directed by Ron Oliver. Yeah, Ron Oil's got a style. Yeah, and does. it's spinning the camera. It's that and being kind of just weird as fuck. It's his signature move. Well, I think Ron o- Ron Oliver also directed Crimson Clown, which was pretty weird. All right, so after after Simon screams in the camera like he's being murdered, um, we cut to the shitty alarm clock again with 730. So gross. It's, it's ugly, yeah. The same voice tells us it's 7.30. It looks kind of like a Groundhog's Day situation's going on or something. Pretty yep. weird. Simon complains. He smacks that alarm clock silent again. And he complains saying it was all the dream. Oh, too bad. He grabs the ball on the ground again and he chucks it, expecting it to go into the hoop. But instead, we hear a window shatter. And Simon looks over and sees that. He just broke his window, and he's like, how'd that happen? Um, you blindly threw a ball at the window. Exactly. Yeah, that's what <laughs> You I'm idiot. Because, dum-dum, you just threw a ball at the window. But even stupider, you put the basketball hoop right next to a window. <laughs> where you're going to be throwing balls. Simon's, Simon's dumb. We move to the hallway. Simon's dressed already in, that, in the same clothes, and we hear this weird music playing. And no one seems to be around, but he calls out for his family anyway. He walks to the kitchen where the radio is playing some static. So he tries to tune it in. And in my notes, I have, for a brief moment, we hear the same music that played in Super Specs. But I was listening to it, and it's not exactly the same as Super Specs. And I think it is just actually this episode's music. Like, it's very similar. Yeah, I had the same thought that it sounded like that. So Simon, he calls out for his mom and dad, and we look over at this set table that's all full of breakfast, and we hear his family asking about seeing Simon this morning and stuff, as Simon looks up and and around at the corners of the ceiling for some reason. It's really weird, because he, like, looks up, and he hears some voices, and then it cuts, and he looks over the other way, and he looks at the ceiling, and he looks at the other way. It's kind of jarring. We hear his sister call out for him, saying, breakfast is ready, and then... This weird noise happens, and Simon looks over at the table, and we see his family looking all blue staticky, or maybe it was green, I can't remember. Simon reaches his hand over to them, and then they disappear, and we hear Mom call out for Simon, saying that she's upstairs. So Simon runs to the stairs, calling for his mom, who says, she's in here. And he walks up there, and into his room, and he grabs his alarm clock, which just keeps telling him not to be late for school, 
Um, he slaps it a couple times and then he grabs the cord and follows it and it isn't plugged in. I just gotta say, I love this entire sequence. I like how dreamy it yeah, is. Yeah, it's very dreamy and surreal and it's just so cool. It is really well done. The only part that I didn't like was seeing like the family phase into existence kind of a little bit and then go away. I didn't, really, I didn't think they really needed that because they could just use the voices. Yeah, they could, but it was like glitchy. Yeah, that's true. I like this part a lot, too. Um, we hear some kids, they say, hey, go along. And then Simon leaves his room. In the hallway, a bike rolls by. And if this happened to me, I would be like, I'm on drugs or something. Because this is ridiculous. <laughs> the bike rolls away, and then we hear Dad's voice from a room say, Simon, can I have a word with you? So Simon walks over to the door. He opens it up, and inside is this desk with a chair facing away from him. And Simon's like, Dad, something weird's going on, or I'm dreaming. And the dad's voice says, no, you're not dreaming. So the chair swivels around to reveal a little person. His face is painted all in silver and his brain is showing at the top of his head like hair. And honestly, I really like this monster design. I think, I mean, it's like when that chair turned around, I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was spaghetti on top of his head for a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Just silver spaghetti. It, I think it looks pretty cool. Like, you, you know how a brain has, like, the, the crevices and the canyons or whatever you yes. call them? Like, they're all, like, red <laughs> Creases in there and, and folds. Yeah. <laughs> the creases and the whatnot. It's all, like, red in there, but it's got, like, a silver shine around it. I like it. And he is, like, shiny, like, Tin Man from... Oh, wait, never mind. You've never seen that movie. <laughs> I know of it. Oh, well... The Tin Man. There's a Tin Man in it. Oh, shine. <laughs> he looks cool. I like him. He looks kind of scary. Yeah, he looks freaky. That's for sure. This monster is the virus, and I think he introduces himself as the virus. Yeah, he's just like, "Yo, what up? I'm the virus." <laughs> like I said, Simon says something weird's going on, or I'm dreaming, and he says, "No, you're not dreaming." So that means something weird's going on, and then he laughs a bunch at Simon, who. He doesn't scream. He just sort of calmly asks who he is and what he's doing in his house. And the virus tells him that this isn't his house, Einstein. You're in cyberspace. And Simon's like, cyber what? And the virus tells him cyberspace, (laughs) virtual reality. You're still in the game, Einstein, except that the rules have changed. And then the virus gets his face super close to a keyboard sitting on the desk. And he starts tapping away at it. Okay, so that's like two Einsteins in two sentences. Yeah, get ready for all the Einstein. Yeah, if we were doing an Einstein count, <laughs> that'd be two out of 3,000. Einstein supercut for the gift this week. Yeah, I'll try that. I just love the way he's just smacking his hands on the keyboard. It was pretty incredible. He just gets his face super close to that keyboard, like like he's never used a keyboard before, and he just starts tapping at it. The virus is played by someone named Paul Cagelet, who is in a lot of French stuff. Really? That I couldn't pronounce. Mm-hmm. And that's all like I got about him. Casablanca? No. <laughs> I don't know. It's too French for me to pronounce. And that's Mr. Cagelet. <laughs> all right. Cool. Which, you know what? I like his voice, though, a lot. He's very... He's got, like, a deep and menacing voice. I, I like him. Yeah. He's good. He has fun with this role. Oh, yeah. For sure he does. So Simon asks him what happened to the Knights of the Round Table. And the virus laughs in a little. And he says, I blew them away. I'm a virus. That's what I do. And they laugh some more. So Simon then says, a computer virus? How'd you get in here? 
And the virus looks up at him and says, all that matters now is how I'm getting out. And he goes back to vigorously tapping on his keyboard. <laughs> to what end? What is he doing? He stops. He smiles and tells Simon, most viruses infect and destroy, but I'm smarter than that. I've got bigger plans. And he gets up on the desk and he laughs some more and says, none of this is real, you know. It's all inputs from the computer right into your head, but I've done a little reprogramming. And Simon tells him that he shouldn't mess with that shit, uh, which gives the virus some more of the giggles. And he's like, too late. You've given me the perfect setup. Simon doesn't get what's going on, so the virus tells him that once his program runs, he'll be able to output himself from the stupid game right into your brain. And when they turn off the game, I'm going to stay inside your brain, and you're going to take me into the real world, Einstein, where I can cause some real damage. So Simon, he sits down in a chair, and he says that he doesn't believe him, but the virus tells him that it's already started, and tells him to look at his hand. So Simon does... And he gets grossed out because in his hand is this crappy placed port for a computer wire. Yeah, it's like a VGA port. That's what I thought. Yeah. And it looks disgusting. It really does, doesn't it? Like it. I remember thinking it looked gross as a kid. Yeah. So Simon tells him, this is a game. There, There has to be rules. And the virus tells him rule number one, I win, you lose. And then he laughs and Simon tells him that's not fair. So the virus is like, okay, I'll be fair. You can escape from the game, but you've got only, and he turns the computer monitor over that tells him that he has 10 minutes and 35 seconds. We get a close-up of the virus's face who says, you heard him, Einstein. Good luck. And then he slowly boops a button on the computer, which sends Simon into that crazy spinning vortexy shit again. The scene switches. Simon's back in a room with Evan and Mr. Poe, and Mr. Poe's asking what it was like being in the Knights of the Round. And Simon looks at his hand tells him there's something wrong that there's a virus in there and poe laughs at him saying that's impossible even though he just saw it earlier exactly mr poe's an idiot simon tries to tell him uh but mr poe he gets up and he tells him that he's not gonna let him insult his life's work he's like get up but simon's like but mr poe yells get out (laughs) he goes from zero to a hundred real quick he just screams at this kid and tells him to get out of his face yeah In the hallways, Simon walks over to a gate with a chain on it, and he's like, hey guys, and on the other side of the gate is Evan and Sonya, and Evan's like, what's the matter? Forgot your combo, and Sonya walks over and drags Evan with her as he tells Simon that he's going to the game with his girl. Oh, damn. All right, I'm team Simon. I know, now I'm team Simon for sure. And Simon yells after Evan, and then he looks at his hand and sees that the port is still there, which lets him know that he's still in the game. He runs down the hallway and back to Mr. Poe's classroom. He asks Mr. Poe to open up, and then he looks inside in, in, in like a window, and he sees that Evan is at the computer desk, and Simon is sitting in the chair with a virtual reality headset on, and he's just kind of sitting in that chair, and he's just spinning around like he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe laugh. He's just like, oh, oh, oh. It's a cool concept, though, that he'd be standing there watching himself in the game while inside the game. I like it, but uh, the only part I don't really get is, like, the virus is controlling all of this then, right? I don't know what the virus is doing. I would assume that, because he's supposed to be in the Knights of the Round, but the virus is just, like... Wouldn't this mean the virus is already in his in his brain if he's recreating I would think so. Day? Because this whole thing had to be have, has to be coming from Simon. Yeah. Like his memories, his experiences. 
spoilers, I guess. Evan is the one that made the virus, and that's why he's at the computer right now, because he's fucking up his friend. Um, but even Evan wasn't there at the beginning when Simon threw the ball and made the basket or what was for breakfast or anything like that. So I'm assuming that the virus is already in his head and remaking his memories. Huh, whatever. So Simon starts banging on the door. He's like, Evan, Evan, open up. Uh, but then he's interrupted by some school children walking backwards <laughs> with the teacher from BO4 also walking backwards. <laughs> it's They do a good job, though, of walking backwards. But you can kind of tell some of the kids are, like, looking backwards to make sure that they're not going to hit shit. Yeah. It's not easy to just walk backwards. Agreed. A lot of the kids do good, a really good job, though. They don't look back at all, and they just walk in line backwards. Just moonwalking. Exactly, yeah. Simon follows them into a classroom, and all the kids look at him. And the teacher stands up saying, you're late. And this is the most important test of your life. Does anyone know what 2 plus 2 equals? Oh, shit. I wrote that one down in my book just the other day. Well... You're too late. Some kid stands up and he says, Five? And the teacher's like, Correct! Anyone else? And then a girl says, Six! Six minutes left. And teacher's again like, Correct! And then he asks Simon, who says, Uh, four? And teacher's like, And exactly what formula did you use? And he points, and we look at Simon, and boom, he's in his boxer shorts, he doesn't have any clothes on. The kids all laugh at him, and Simon runs out of the room. In the hallway, He's back with all of his clothes on. He's like, I gotta get out of here. What the virus say? The computer's inputting to my head. Gotta reprogram the computer. And then he walks by the virus who's sitting up on a shelf or something. And it laughs at him. And it waves and says, join the game, Einstein. That's ten. Yeah. And then he says, the speed of light divided by the speed of sound equals five. Five minutes left. And then he laughs as Simon runs away. We cut outside and we see this giant lock that says Oliver. Comically on it. large lock. At first, I was like, "Oh, are we really close?" No, we're not. That's just a gigantic lock. But I found it funny because I've noted in my notes that Simon didn't lock the bike at all, and now it has this gigantic lock on it. So that must have been on purpose. But it says Oliver on it. So I said, "Nice one, Ron Oliver." <laughs> Simon runs to it. He sees the lock, and he's like, "Oh man." And then he just runs to his house on his own, I guess. Which seems like it'd be more than five minutes away, but whatever. It's virtual reality. They didn't need to steal a bike at all. No. They just walked to school. Well, they kind of showed that at the beginning anyway, because it didn't take them very long to get to school. But he walks into a room, and he tells himself not to panic. And then he hears a warning sound, so he panics. <laughs> and he puts a chair in front of the door. He walks over to the computer at his dad's desk that has the warning screen. It shuts off, and then we see Evan's face, who greets Simon and asks him how he likes the game. And Simon's like, Evan? Is it really you? And Evan tells him, in the flesh. So Simon then tells Evan to get him out of there because the shit's gone berserk. But Evan tells him that he knows someone planted a virus. And Simon's like, it was you, wasn't it? Where's Poe? And Evan tells him that he's still on the phone with the president. And Evan mocks him, saying, oh, I thought you could do anything. You can get out of this yourself. So now I'm definitely not Team Evan? Yeah, fuck Evan. For real. Evan's face then phases to the virus, who tells Simon he's got two-minute warning. It laughs, and then it phases back to Evan, and Simon asks Evan if he saw that, but Evan didn't. So Simon begs him to get him out of there before the virus takes over his brain, and Evan's like, nah, you still gotta apologize for all that shit you did to me. Which Simon already did. He did. I believed him. He's he sorry. He did sincerely. 
Simon's like, what? We look outside his house where the virus is. He's, he's there. He presses the doorbell. He's letting Simon know that he's right outside. So Simon yells that it's here, Evan. You got to help me out. And Evan tells him again that he won't help until he apologizes. So we cut outside and the virus busts open the door. He's riding Evan's bike. <laughs> he's like, yoo-hoo, anybody home? And Simon tells Evan that he's sorry, but Evan says he doesn't believe him. So Simon tells him again that the virus is coming to get him. And Evan tells Simon not to worry that he programmed the virus himself and it won't do anything to him. And then Simon raises his hand showing that port and he says, what do you call this? Evan looks at it and he's like, oh no. <laughs> and then we cut to oh, That looks disgusting. <laughs> yeah, right? We cut to the virus at the bottom of the stairs. Oh boy. <laughs> this is my my favorite part i know i said that that part earlier was the most absurd part of the episode uh-huh but no it's it's this shot right here yeah he kicks his leg over the rails and he says going up and then he shitty mary poppins up <laughs> the railing and it was so funny <laughs> it's very obviously just the footage reversed but it yes. looks so it looks absurd it's so funny it is re- ridiculous like his head's like shaking a little <laughs> like when he went down it like he got stuck or something a couple times and he had to scoot himself a bit and you can see it <laughs> <laughs> i loved it it's great <laughs> it's because so they it's not even a straight railing it's curved mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> It would have been more convincing if it was a straight railing, <laughs> but it's not. Oh, I just love it. I love it so much. Back with the kids, Evan's like, this wasn't supposed to happen. So Simon tells him that the virus is running its own program and he's got to stop it. Evan's like, okay, let me think. I just got to enter the abort code. So he taps a button or something and then he's like, it didn't work. He's frozen me out. And Simon tells him to unfreeze it, but Evan tells him that nothing's responding. Outside the door, the virus laughs and says it won't be long now. So Simon cries for Evan and Evan's like, okay, you can abort it from in there. You just need the code. So Simon tells him to give it to him and Evan gets shitty with him saying, I bet you can figure it out. Simon's like, just give it to me. Seriously. Like this virus is going to kill him. Evan tells him, okay. The code is my calm, and then the screen goes black, and Evan's gone. And we hear a voice saying that he's got one minute left, and then the virus knocks on the door and laughs. Okay, theoretically, couldn't Evan in the real world just take the helmet off of Simon? Yes, I would think so. Like, what happens at that point? There's nothing the virus can do. He's out of the game. It's 1994 technology. It's not going to do anything. Just take the helmet off. So now Simon just tries to some abort codes starting with of course abort and then he which doesn't work and then he tries evan and that doesn't work so simon tries to talk himself through it as the virus tries to bust open the door he's like calm he said calm computer guy so he tries poe but that doesn't work either he tries sonya which doesn't work and then he gets a hint on the screen that says what's the matter forgot your combo which is weird that that would show up on the screen did Evan do that? I don't know. Probably. Just like one of those, did you forget your password things? Oh, yeah. If you try the password too wrong too many times, it gives you a hint. Yeah. So Simon's like, combo. It's his locker combo. So Duh. Blocking. As know, soon right? as he said, it's my cook. 
It's like, yeah, it's his combo, you idiot. Right, exactly. He put in Sonya, like, did he think he was going to say, it's my companion? Like, (laughs) what the hell was he doing? I know. I thought the same thing. The chair blocking the door, that flies away, and the door busts down. The virus laughs, saying, miss me? And then we see Simon entering in the lock combo. I didn't write it down, so I don't know what it was. But the virus walks over to the desk. He kicks a small globe away, and, and Simon enters in the combo. The escape code is accepted, and he just has to press a single key. So Simon gets cocky, and he says, guess you lose. But the virus is like, think again. Simon gets wrapped up in some cords in his chair, and the virus is like, rule number one, I win, you lose. Now, I'll need your hand. The virus, he takes off a glove, and under it is the cable that connects to the port that's in Simon's hand. And Simon's hand turns over, and the virus laughs and slowly moves his cord over to the port. And Ugh, it, this whole this whole thing is very uncomfortable. Yes, I thought the same thing. It's kind of... Um, sexual a little bit? Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, he's... It's unsettling. Like, getting closer, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna penetrate you with my cord (laughs) while he's tied up, and And it's... The cord's, like, wiggling a little bit. Yeah, it's like a... It's a dangly, floppy cord, (laughs) like, coming out of his arm, and... It's pretty gross, and I don't... It made me very uncomfortable. Especially because he's laughing about like becoming him, basically, and, and entering. Yeah, he's like, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy go being inside you. Like, uh, not my favorite uh, imagery, really. Honestly, no. And Simon during this whole thing is—he's not screaming, he's not yelling, he's just—he's just chill. He's been chill this whole episode, really. Yeah, as these insane things are happening to him, he's just like, "Yep, that's that's life." Giant locks, you know how it is. Simon looks at the computer screen that tells him to press any key to escape. The virus laughs and tells him to kiss his brain goodbye, and then Simon musters up the strength to break his hand free and push a button on the computer, and the virus screams out, No! And then his brain starts to pulse, and he just gets, like, shredded from reality. Yeah, he pressed any key. It was pretty cool. I like the way that his brain... Pulsed like it was like having an aneurysm or something. <laughs> and then he just gets shredded from reality. And that's the only way that I Deleted. can think of describing it. Mike looks over and says, rule number two, forget rule number one. He smiles and he hits the key again. <laughs> it cuts to the classroom. Simon pulls off the headset and Poe's there and he asks if he's all right. Simon looks at his hand and says, yeah. Suppose so like, I don't know how a virus could have gotten in there. And Simon says, me neither, as he looks at Evan. And then he gets softer saying, it was probably just an accident. So Evan smiles, and we cut to the hallway with the two boys walking. He tells Simon that wasn't supposed to happen, and that he just wanted to get back at him. Simon's like, oh, you paid me back, all right. And Evan asks if he hates him, but Simon says, no, but I get to ride your bike home. And he runs down the hallway. Evan chases after him, saying, forget it. It was pretty, it was kind of sweet that he forgave his friend for almost killing him. I mean, I guess. If you tried to kill me. Yeah. I probably wouldn't forgive you unless you said I'm sorry. Pretty sincerely. You'd have to be like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry that I almost had a man penetrate your brain. (laughs) I forgive you, Cortland. 
So we cut over to this janitor, right? He's walking down the hallway, and for some reason, he's got this giant barrel. I don't know why. Because he's a janitor. He's got to clean up puke. It's just like this unmarked barrel. It's not like a garbage can. It's just this big barrel. And this gloved hand of the virus reaches up out of the barrel. And that's the end. So is it trying to tell us that the virus won? That the virus somehow got into the real world anyway? That when he got deleted, he went into the janitor's barrel? I was trying to figure out the implication of this myself. Are they still in the game? That would make the most sense, I guess. That would be a very Gary ending of people stuck for all eternity. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why he happens never when gets you out of the game. Play virtual reality. I feel like it's trying to tell us that they're out of the game and the virus is somehow like manifested yeah, into the real world. I think that's what happened. I don't know why or how. Yeah, it's not like he can do much because he would be just a person at that point. <laughs> yeah, he's just a weird-looking spaghetti head. Yeah, like we don't even use those ports anymore really so i don't know i guess it would make most sense if if simon is just still stuck in a virtual reality but again after so much time they could just take the helmet off anyway i don't know i don't know man it was fun though i had a fun time with this episode yeah it was it was a very like this episode was probably the most like pinball wizard yeah just weird the successor to pinball wizard i think so too i mean not only is it them stuck in a game i guess but also just weird shit happens and there's some weird there's some extra weird stuff like um i didn't need to see simon in his underwear nobody but it happened for a second exactly uh the whole like sexual tension thing was a little too much for me but that's okay whatever it happened good villain yeah i think so too real fun villain better than cutter for best villain so far of the season yeah, it's really saying something. <laughs> so back at the Midnight Society, Gary says, the end. And Kiki's like, oh yeah, great story. And then we move to Tucker, who says, you know what I liked about that story? And Betty Ann asks, what? Tucker says, no matter how bad a thing Evan did, Simon always forgave him. And we look at Gary, who says, you know what I liked about the story? And Tucker happily says, what? Gary's like, that the virus is still alive. And if you're not careful, it'll jump into your computer. And that freaks Tucker out. He jumps up. He runs away saying, I gotta go. Later. And the kids all laugh at him. Gary dumps the water on the fire. They all leave. And that's the end of the episode. I don't know what Tucker had to go and run and do because it's not like he's getting rid of that virus on Gary's computer because Gary's got the the doctor CD. Yeah, I think Tucker's running to the 24-hour virus doctor store. (laughs) I don't know. Did Tucker put the virus on Gary's computer? That's what it's implying, yeah. Yeah. Is Tucker a computer genius? I don't think so. What what I get out of it is that Tucker accidentally put the computer virus on his computer. Because he doesn't seem like he did it on purpose. I don't think... I wouldn't buy that he could develop and spread a virus on purpose. Okay, well, there's a 24 Doctor Doctor Clean shop for viruses. There's probably a 24-hour virus shop. So that they could both stay in business. Okay. So he went to the the virus shop. He bought a virus. He popped it into Gary's computer. And it deleted all of his book report. That Gary just had to do at midnight. Mm -hmm. His parents are very strict. I guess so. But not with curfews. No. No. Midnight's fine. Take your brother. (laughs) Have a good time, kids. 
But uh, yeah, that was the tale of the renegade virus. I had fun with it. It was a good episode. Mm -hmm. Moral of the story. Don't have a computer in the 1994 era. There's nothing to do on it. There's no internet. (laughs) It's not fun. Well, I guess there might have been internet. I don't know. I'm naive about this shit. If you got a computer virus, just go to the computer store and get yourself a floppy disk to get rid of it. Anytime, anywhere. Exactly. If you've got a basketball hoop, keep it away from your windows. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one, too. But... The Tale of the Renegade Virus. I thought it was a fun name. That's a good That's a good name. It's a good name. It's very fitting. He's a little renegade. But I think we can come up with some other names. Some alternative titles, if you will. Yeah. I think that the tale of, you know, like virtual reality sounds boring. So let's not <laughs> suggest that one. I did want to see, like, the dinosaurs and <laughs> the trip to Saturn and the nights, though. Oh, that would have been awesome. If it would have just started with that and then it just like morphed into something else, that'd been cool. Yeah. They probably still had the night outfit left from Bookish Babysitter. Yes. They could have just reused that. Come on, Ron Oil. Yeah, what the fuck, Oil? About the tale of the spaghetti head? <laughs> this is tough. I really like Renegade Virus. Um, The tale of the egg and the shoe. The tale of the unbelievable friendship. Yeah, that's a good one. Why were they friends? The tale of Sonya business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tale of the Einstein. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. The tale of the computer nerd. <sighs> They're all nerds. Even Simon's a bit nerdish. Man, this could have been t- the tale of We're Back the Dinosaur Store if he would have went to the dinosaur times. Yeah, he could have rolled back the rock to the dawn of time. But he but didn't. nope. He wanted to see knights. If you had the option, okay, somebody gives you the option. Yes. Let's say it's not virtual reality. Let's say it's real. Oh, okay. Someone's yeah. like, hey, do you want a trip to Saturn? Or do you want to go to the Knights of the Round Table? Or do you want to see dinosaurs? What do you pick? I don't know. It's definitely between dinosaurs and Knights of the Round. Really? Yeah. I think it's definitely between dinosaurs and Saturn. I don't like space. Like, Knights of the Round Table would be cool to see, because it's like, oh, yeah, that's what it was actually like. But you can see, like, recreations of... I mean, you can see the armor, and you can see the castles. Yeah. They're still up. Dinosaurs, we don't know what the hell's going on with those things. And space? <laughs> no. You ain't gonna see that. I get it, but you know what? When I see the picture of the, like, Knights of the Round, I don't know. My mind would assume that, that there's magic, too. Okay, but there's not. Well, what if there was? What if there's also... Well, is magic cooler than dinosaurs? It's not like you would be magic. It would just be somebody, like, turning straw into gold. That's not cool. It's a game, though. What if you are magic? What if you go to dinosaur times and you're a dinosaur? He didn't say you're a wizard. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Probably dinosaurs, I think, would be the most fun. Just so you could see them. It'd be pretty cool. Unless it's Jurassic Park dinosaurs. It's raptors and stuff. Raptors are cool. Yeah, I know they're cool, but I don't want to get eaten by dinosaurs. What if it was just like the prehistoria dinosaurs and they're all little? What a ripoff that would be. (laughs) I would rip that headset off of my head and be like, the fuck? Think I'm stupid? What is the abort code? I'm out of (laughs) here. Oh, man. Well, uh, do you want to know what the next episode is that we're going to be watching, Brandon? Yes, what is it? Okay. The next episode is called The Tale of the Quiet Librarian. Hmm. Who do you think is going to tell this one? 
I think we're going to get our first Betty Ann. It does sound kind of Betty Ann-ish, doesn't it? It is, it is a bit Betty-ish, yeah. Yeah. Quiet librarian, bookish babysitter. She mm-hmm. likes books. Books are dope. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see who tells the story. But what do you think The Quiet Librarian is going to be about? I think it's about a librarian who's not so much on the loud side. Um, She's in the library after the library's closed. It's late at night. Um, Maybe the library's a little bit haunted. Ooh. And maybe she gets sucked into one of the books. Jeez. Okay. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that sounds pretty fun i think it's gonna be a good time yeah i think so too i can't see anything negative about a tale of books in a library with a librarian nope what could go wrong nothing we'll find out next week though what goes wrong so excited i like episodes <laughs> i like this show yes. believe it or not me too me pretty too good. i'm watching it for the first time i'm a grown man but i look forward to it every week i know it's fun stuff and they did just announce, I know you've seen it, uh, season eight slash season two of the reboot. So Woohoo! I know our podcast gets to go on longer. All right. All right. Never going to stop. For now, I've been up all night. I'm tired. I'm going back to sleep. <sighs> Me too. Right. Time to get more sick. Don't you hate it when you know you're going to be sick the next day and you just feel it, but you're fine right now. But when you wake yeah, up tomorrow. I'm going to wake up sick. Sore yeah. throat. Woohoo. Yeah. You're just like sick well that's not gonna happen to me so (laughs) i've been up all night famous last words (laughs) i'll talk to you later all right i'll see you all right bye everybody bye does anyone know what two plus two equals